In the Roman Martyrology for the 6th day of July, the Roman Martyrology is a, a liturgical book that contains a, a list of the martyrs and the saints for each day of the year. We read it at prime or when you're living in a, in a big community at, at one of the meals. In the entry for the 6th day of July, we read, quote, In Atuno and Campania to Roma, St. Maria Goretti, a most pious youth, viciously killed in defense of virginity, whom Pope Pius XII solemnly added to the list of holy martyrs. Close quote. So today on our feast day, using quotes from a whole series of different authors, we'll take a closer look at the story of St. Maria Goretti. Maria Goretti was born on October 16, 1890, little town of Coronado, Italy, mountains up near Vancona. She's baptized the next day. Then some years later, at the age of five, she was confirmed. Her mother taught her from her earliest days that she must never commit sin at any cost. In 1899, her family moved from the region of Ancona, it's up on the Adriatic side of Italy, to a place south of Rome, a farm near Anzio. It's in the marshes near Natuno. They're very poor. Her dad was a, a sharecropper on the estate of an Italian nobleman. Soon after arriving, he caught malaria. He was so weakened by the disease that in order to bring in the harvest, he had to take in more help. So the landlord sent two men to help Mr. Goretti bring in the harvest, Giovanna Serenelli and his 18-year-old son, Alessandro. They were given room and board in the Goretti home. As long as there was plenty of work, all went well. But as winter set in, Mr. Serenelli started drinking, and he wasn't a happy drunk. Now Alessandro was a sullen character himself. He had absolutely no friends. When everybody else went to Mass, Alessandro would wander off elsewhere by himself. He'd regularly lock himself in his room for hours and hours with stacks of bad magazines. As the winter wore into spring, Mr. Gretti's malarial fever and chills got increasingly worse until in the late spring of 1900 he died. His dying words to his wife were, Asunta, go back to Coronaldo. But she had no money and all those mouths to feed, so Santa Goretti simply couldn't go back to Coronaldo. So Maria found herself at the age of nine, running the house and caring for her five brothers and sisters while their mother worked in the fields. Maria never learned to read. She never had the opportunity. She had to work. She learned all her prayers by heart from her mom and in turn taught them to her brothers and sisters. No matter how hard a day she had, every night before she went to bed, she said an entire rosary for the peaceful repose of her father's soul. Maria desperately wanted to receive her first Holy Communion, and so after 11 months of preparation, her parish priest said that she was ready to make her communion. Before Mass, on the day of her first communion, which was Corpus Christi, 1902, she knelt down before her mother, her brothers, her sister, her neighbors, and asked them to pardon her faults. During the sermon, the priest preached to the children, quote, fervent words on the great love of Jesus for them. He exhorted them warmly, ever to preserve their souls pure and innocent, and to die rather than commit a mortal sin. He recommended to them the practice of saying three Hail Marys each evening in honor of Mary Immaculate, close quote. Maria was beaming as she made her first communion with the rest of her class. Later in the day, her mother and son told her, quote, You have received Jesus today. You must try ever so hard now to be good and pleasing to him. Close quote. 
Pope Pius XII comments on St. Maria's desire to receive Holy Communion. Quote, In order to receive her Eucharistic Jesus, she did not hesitate to travel a long, dusty road in midsummer under a scorching sun. Let me insert a parenthesis, seven miles. I don't know what time tomorrow I will receive Holy Communion, she said one day. That tomorrow was to come. And that Holy Communion. But what a tomorrow. And what a communion. The very afternoon of the day on which she spoke those words, she shed her blood in order to remain faithful to the spouse of virgins. Close quote the Pope. That day was the first Saturday in July, the day before the Feast of the Precious Blood. In those days, the Feast of the Precious Blood took place on the first Sunday in July. After lunch, everyone else was out thrashing beans while Maria was sitting on the porch outside, mending a shirt, watching the baby who's lying there on a blanket. Alessandro says that he has to go get his handkerchief, which he forgot in his room a room decorated with pictures of immodestly dressed women cut out of his bad magazines. Then he appears in the doorway of the kitchen. Maria, come here. Come here immediately. Maria's frozen. Alexander drags her by the arm. She clings to the banister and screams for help. But he drags her in and bolts the door. Alexander, let me go. Let me go. Alexander pulls out a dagger she screams for help. No one can hear her. She runs around the table trying to escape him. He pins her down, but she continues to struggle. No, I will not, Alessandro, no. Let me go. Let me go. No, no, it is a sin. God does not want this. If you do this, you will go to hell. What are you doing, Alessandro? You will go to hell. At this point... As Alessandro himself testified later, something snapped in him, and he stabbed her over and over, in the chest, in the belly, in the back. The whole time he was stabbing her, Maria kept holding her dress down modestly over her knees, and she kept saying, God does not want this. You will go to hell. Till she finally slumped into unconsciousness. Alessandro thought she was dead. He stood up, threw the knife away, and locked himself in his room. After some time, the terrible crime was discovered. As the neighbors lifted Maria onto bed and ran for the doctor, Asanta asked Maria, Who did this to you? She whispered, It was Alessandro, Mama. Alessandro, but why? Because he wanted to commit an awful sin, and I would not. At six o'clock, four hours after she'd been brutally attacked, the horse-drawn ambulance arrived to take her on a bumpy, jarring seven-mile journey to Natuno. At the hospital, they discovered that her intestines and lungs had been punctured and her heart had been grazed. All in all, she had been stabbed 14 times. She underwent two hours of surgery without anesthetic. In the morning, before the priest gave her Holy Communion, he asked her if she had pardoned her attacker. Yes, for the love of Jesus, I pardon him, and I want him to be with me in heaven. Her mother wept, and the priest wept. And he gave her Holy Viaticum. It was her fifth and her final communion. At about three o'clock in the afternoon of July 6, 1902, while the bells were ringing for vespers, and, quote, as passionists in the nearby church were chanting the antiphon from vespers of the Feast of the Precious Blood, who is this that cometh? 
the beautiful one. Why then is thy apparel red and thy garments like theirs that tread in the winepress? St. Maria Goretti died. During the trial, Alessandro was arrogant and unrepentant. He's found guilty because he's only a minor. He's 20 years old. He received a sentence of 30 years hard labor. He showed absolutely no remorse. Next door neighbor, who knew them both well, stated, quote, One day a priest came to see him. Alexandro yelled wildly, It was all your fault that I lost her, you and your teachings. Alexandro howled like a maniac and lunged at the priest. Close quote. During his eighth year of imprisonment, Alexandro had a remarkable vision. Quote, The prison bars and walls fell away. In his cell was a sunlit garden, blooming with flowers. Toward him came a beautiful girl dressed in pure white. He saw it was Maria. She was walking among flowers, smiling and without the least fear. He wanted to flee for her, but he could not. Maria picked white lilies and handed them to him, saying, Alexandro, take them. He accepted the lilies one by one, 14 of them. But as he received them from her fingers, the lilies did not remain lilies, but changed into so many flaming lights. There was a lily turned to purifying flame for every one of the 14 mortal blows he struck her. Maria said smiling, Alexandro, as I've promised, your soul shall someday reach me in heaven. And the scene of incredible beauty dissolved in silence, close quote. Alexander began screaming for the guards. I saw her, I saw her. Call the priest. Bring me the priest. The guard sarcastically told him to write a letter. So he did. Quote, I am deeply sorry for what has happened. I have taken the life of an innocent girl whose one aim was to save her purity, shedding her blood rather than give in to my sinful desires. I publicly retract the evil I have done. And I beg pardon of God and of the stricken family. One hope encourages me that I also may one day obtain God's pardon, as so many others have done. Alessandro Serenelli, November 10th, 1910. Close quote. He had a total conversion. After he was released from prison, he spent time wandering around working as a farmhand. On Christmas Eve of 1937, he went to visit a Santa Goretti, whom he had not seen since his trial, to beg her pardon. Quote, She placed her hands on his head, caressed his face, and gently said, Alessandro, Maria forgave you. Christ has forgiven you. Why should I not also forgive? I forgive you, of course, my son. Why have I not seen you sooner? Your evil days are past, and to me you are a long-suffering son. Close quote. The next morning, Christmas Day, Santa Goretti went to Mass with Alessandro. When it came time for communion, they went together to the communion rail. Then Alessandro turned and said to the parishioners, quote, I have sinned deeply. I have murdered an innocent girl who loved virtue more than life. May God forgive me. I beg your pardon. Close quote. They knelt side by side and received Holy Communion. And from that time on, the Gorettis called him Uncle Alessandro.
During the beatification hearings, Alexander testified at great length since he was the only witness that could supply the actual details of the murder. He spent the rest of his life as a gardener and a caretaker in a Capuchin monastery. A few days before his death, he died on May 6, 1970. Alexander was asked if he had any advice to give to young people. Here's what he wrote, quote, I sincerely ask pardon of God and of the entire world for the crime which I committed against the martyr Maria Goretti and against purity. With all my heart, I plead with you to avoid all immoral literature and shows and whatever else will lead you into sins of impurity. Close quote. On April 27, 1947, Maria Goretti was beatified. Then on June 24, 1950, Pope Pius XII canonized St. Maria Goretti in the presence of some 800,000 people. It was the largest crowd ever to attend a canonization. Maria's mother, Asanta, was present, the first mother in the history of the Church to be present for the canonization of her own child, and her murderer was also present. There are so many lessons we can learn from the life and death of St. Maria Goretti, but we just don't have time in the sermon to go into great detail, so I'll mention just a few aspects of her story that are really worth pondering and pondering at length importance of confirmation at early an age as possible. The importance of fervent communions. The importance of training your children in virtue. The incredible influence of parents who love God and Our Lady and are serious about teaching their children to never sin. The importance and strength given to someone with the virtue of purity. The violent, destructive power of pornography, immodesty, and impurity. The importance of avoiding occasions of sin, dangerous literature, dangerous movies, dangerous websites, dangerous company. The necessity and sanctifying power of forgiveness. Spend some time really mulling that over. Consider it the whole time Alexander is attacking her. Maria is worried that he's going to go to hell. And then even though she knew she was dying, she forgave her murderer. In so doing, practicing that heroic virtue, not only became a saint, but won the grace to bring him to heaven as well. And a family so profoundly Catholic that they can actually embrace the murderer of one of the family members with love and forgive him and call him uncle and make him one of their family. Let's close with some thoughts from our Holy Father, Pius XII, spoken on occasion of the canonization of St. Maria Goretti. Quote, Why is it then when you read or listen to the story of her life, why does the story move you even to tears? Why has Maria Goretti so quickly conquered your hearts and taken the first place? in your affections. The reason is that there is still in this world, apparently sunk and immersed in the worship of pleasure, a crowd, nay, an immense multitude, on whom the supernatural fragrance of Christian purity exercises an irresistible and reassuring fascination. Behind the martyrdom of Maria Goretti stands the spectacle of a scandal that at the beginning of the century was practically unnoticed. During the past 50 years, 
the Pope is speaking in 1950. During the past 50 years, coupled with what was often a weak reaction on the part of decent people, there has been a conspiracy of evil practices propagating themselves in books and illustrations in theaters and radio programs and styles and clubs and on the beaches, trying to work their way into the heart of the family and society and doing their worst damage among the youth, even among those of the tenderest years in whom the possession of virtue is a natural inheritance. Dearly beloved youth, young men and women who are the special object of the love of Jesus and of us, tell me, are you resolved to firmly resist with the help of divine grace every attempt made to violate your chastity? You fathers and mothers, tell me, are you ready to watch as far as in you lies over your sons and daughters to preserve them and defend them against so many dangers that surround them and to keep them always far away from places where they might learn the practices of of impiety and of moral perversion? Finally, all of you know that above the unhealthy marshes and filth of the world stretches an immense heaven of beauty. It is the heaven which fascinated little Maria, the heaven to which she longed to ascend by the only road that leads there, which is religion, the love of Christ, and the heroic observance of his commandments. Above the unhealthy march and filth of the world stretches an immense heaven of beauty, the heaven which fascinated little Maria, the heaven to which she longed to ascend by the only road that leads there, which is religion, the love of Christ, in the heroic observance of his commandments. We greet you, O beautiful and lovable saint. Martyr on earth and angel in heaven, look down from your glory on this people which loves you, which venerates, glorifies, and exalts you. In you, the children and all young people will find a safe refuge, trusting that they shall be protected from every contamination and be able to walk the highways of life with that serenity of spirit and deep joy which is the heritage of those who are pure of heart. Amen.